Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Please be seated. Good morning. Oh, what a beautiful day for self-denial. <laughs> yeah, good. Yeah, we don't like that, do we? Um, Lenten season, though, right? You know, we start off the Lenten season Ash Wednesday. It's about almsgiving, fasting, and prayer. It's about giving up things. Um, chocolate, Facebook, TV. Red wine. <laughs> Don't get crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know, so so there is this wonderful thing about the, the Lenten season where um, it is about um, making amends and it's about spiritual practices, disciplines that hopefully can bring us back to bring us back to where we should be all. Um, there, there's a story about a little girl who um, had a very pious grandmother, and, and during this Lenten season, that her, her parents wanted to be great for her to go and spend a Sunday. With her grandmother, this this, uh, this very devout church woman, growing up in the church, um, we're gonna we're gonna call her um, the pious Episcopalian, okay, the pious Episcopalian, the very old school um, grandmother who, who really takes her faith seriously and the season of Lent very seriously. So um, the, the daughter went to spend time with her grandmother, and they went to church that day, and, and it was a very solemn affair, and, and and it was very much a Lenten kind of experience where you're not supposed to be joyful. And so after that solemn occasion at, at church that day, she went back um, with her, her grandmother to her house to spend the rest of the day. And uh, Grandma was off doing something, making lunch or whatever it was, and, and uh, the little girl turned the TV on. Found some cartoons on a Sunday afternoon. Cartoon channel. If you don't know what that is, check it out. Because <laughs> Jesus loves you. So she's watching the cartoon network and watching these cartoons, having a good time like kids do, and, and uh, just being quiet watching that, and, and then Grandma walked in. Oh no. Oh no. Honey, pious Episcopalians do not watch cartoons on Sunday. Deny yourself and follow me. Deny yourself and follow me. Yeah, denial. Pious Episcopalians do not watch cartoons on Sundays. Well, the little girl was kind of hurt, both because she really was enjoying herself and didn't see there anything wrong with it, but she was also hurt because she didn't know. She thought she did something wrong. You know, kids can be like that. I mean, we can be like that too. We, we did something wrong, we didn't know. And we feel bad about it, even though we didn't know. Maybe we should have known. Upset from her grandmother. So, okay, well. So going away from that feeling bad, Grandma goes off to do her own thing, and, and, and the child finds something to play with. There, there's some old cards, like old maid. So she pulls out this deck of cards, and she starts kind of in her imagination. She's, she's creating games with these cards, laying them out, organizing them by color and, and all sorts of other things, and just, just having a good time with all these cards. She's just kind of playing quietly, and, and Grandma walks in. Oh, no, honey. No, no, no. Pious Episcopalians do not play cards on Sunday. We do not do that. Okay, so she felt bad again, and Grandma took the cards away, and she's 
she's thinking about, well, you know, well, what, what is there left to do? And, and uh, she remembered there were some coloring books. So she got these coloring books out, she got her colored pencils out, and there she was, kind of like children do, laying on the floor, you know, she's kind of having a good time coloring all these things, and, and, and Grandma comes out. Oh, oh no, 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 no. Pious Episcopalians do not do frivolous things like coloring on Sundays. Took the coloring book and the pencils away and after that, the child didn't know what to do. And thought, well, maybe I should just, you know, go outside and, and um, that way I won't like get into something else that, that grandma doesn't approve of. So she went outside and she, she sat on the back porch in this big open backyard and, and, and there was a dog kind of on the other side of the property. And this, this dog sees a child and, you know, like, like some of those friendly dogs do, they, they just got to come see who it is. And, you know, she's sitting out there kind of just sad about the whole thing, how the, day, the day's going, and, and, and up walks this basset hound. <laughs> a basset hound. Now, we had one. They're big old goofy dogs. Big old feet, stubby little legs. Long, floppy ears, tripping over them. And they got those droopy eyes, too, right? I mean, those sad-looking eyes. And so the dog must have recognized, you know, the, the child was kind of sad about how things had gone that day. And the dog just kind of sat there with those sad eyes looking at, looking at the child. And the child says, are you also a pious Episcopalian? <laughs> <laughs> are you also a pious Episcopalian? Yeah, I think, I think when Jesus says things like, deny yourself and follow me, sometimes we think that means we can't have any fun. That it's about denying yourself things like a good glass of red wine or some chocolate cake. Remember what they accused Jesus of being? They didn't like John the Baptist because he was one of these ascetics. He couldn't have any fun with John the Baptist. And Jesus, on the other hand, they accused him of being a drunkard and a glutton. No, he wasn't, he wasn't an ascetic. He liked having a good time. When people hear this about denying yourself and carry your cross, unfortunately, too many times people think that that means that the hardships in life are things that they're supposed to just endure. That illness is something that is God's cross to you. Do the best you can carrying on with this illness. That poverty is something that sanctifies people so good for the poor. It is their cross to bear, but it makes them Christ-like. See, the problem with that is, if you, you know, we're, we're in the eighth chapter of Mark's gospel. What's he been doing in the first seven, eight chapters? Healing, setting people free, denouncing oppression, identifying himself with the poor. He's been doing all these things to tell us that those things sometimes we're told that we're supposed to just bear with. He says, no, you're not supposed to bear with that. I'm here to heal those. So maybe he means something else by denying yourself and following him. There's only one other place in Mark's gospel where you find Mark <coughs> using that word deny, denial. 
you got a Bible in front of you, the pew rack, I invite you to join with me on a little adventure through the Bible. And you can just follow along. Okay. We're going to look at page 828. This is in the Gospel according to Mark. This is toward the end of that Gospel. Page 828. Now I think we all have the same pew Bibles. And so, beginning with verse 66, right above verse 66, what do you see it say? It says, Peter denies Jesus. Okay? okay? Peter denies Jesus. Now, what this is, it gives us an example of what self-denial is not. Okay? So this is a negative example. This is what self-denial is not. So you see what Peter did and you go, that's what I'm not supposed to do. I'm supposed to do the opposite of that. That's what he means by self-denial. So this is the night in which Jesus has been arrested. He's been taken in front of the authorities. And Peter has been brought into the home. And he's warming himself by the fire. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. When he saw Peter warning himself, she stared at him and said, You also were with Jesus, the man from Nazareth. And what does Peter do? But he denied it, saying, I do not know or understand what you're talking about. Suddenly, Peter has no obligation to Jesus. He has no relationship with Jesus. He has no knowledge of the whole Jesus movement that he's been part of. He feigns ignorance. He feigns ignorance of the whole thing. He denies having any knowledge of, any relationship with. Why does he do that? Trying to save himself. He is thinking about his own safety. He's thinking about his own life. He's thinking about his own welfare. He's thinking about his own future. He's thinking about himself. Now, it's not a bad thing to think about yourself. That's okay. But in this thinking about his own future, he is denying a friend. He's denying a community that he's part of. Fear leads him to do that. Notice what he does after he denies knowing anything about Jesus and this community. What does he do? And he went out into the forecourt. He is, I mean, this is, this is kind of rich theologically. When Peter gets there, Peter is around the light. And when the threat to his well-being comes, not only does he reject any knowledge of who Jesus is, but he withdraws from the light. Pretty deep. Okay? He's retreating, not just from his commitments and his friends and his relationship with the Lord. He's not just retreating in words and knowledge. He's also backing away from that light. 
and he's trying to save himself. Then the cock broke. And the servant girl, on seeing him, began again to say to the bystanders. Now this becomes even more public. Even more public. Saying to the bystanders, this man is one of them. Who's them? Who are those people of Good Shepherd? Never heard of them. <laughs> no, I don't go to that church. Never heard of that place. He's denying that he's a member of that community. He's denied in general any association with the Jesus movement. He's denied any connection with any of those who are members of that body. But again, he denied it. Then, after a little while, the bystanders again said to Peter, certainly you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. A third chance for him to identify with his friend. But because he does not deny his own well-being, this is what he does instead. I do not know this man you're talking about. Could the lack of self-denial be any clearer in that statement? I don't know this man. Not about a movement, not about a community, but all the way down to the very man himself. I do not know this man. At that moment, the talk broke. If you go on to read the rest of this gospel, Peter doesn't say another word. Let that sink in. What is the very last thing that Peter says? I do not know. When Jesus says, Deny yourself and follow me. He's saying to identify yourself with me. To identify yourself with me. To be part of my movement, to go where I go. To be with me. And Peter fails three times to do that. Now wonder about our own relationships. Our own times in our lives where we felt the cost of being associated with somebody was too high. And we betrayed them. We denied them. We denied knowledge of anything that they were about. That we remained silent when people were being persecuted because we were fearful of our own well-being. Or we thought there's nothing we can do, so we did nothing. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. You've seen the Special Olympics before? Have you seen some of those things? They've got these kids with special needs, and they, they take them out, and they do like the Olympics with them. They have track and field events. It's a wonderful story. One time there was a Special Olympics event going on, and, and these kids were lined up. They're going to they're gonna run this race. If you want to call it a race, it wasn't a dash, because kids with special needs don't really do a whole lot of dashing. So it was a 50-meter run. They have lined up, and, and the, the official signal for them to, to run, and, and so some of the little ones start coddling along as, as best they can with their special needs, and except for this one boy. 
It's one boy saw his friends on the infield. That part inside the track, that green area that's in the middle of the track, and and and, and, and saw some, some people that he recognized over there. And so, you know, the race is explained to him, you're supposed to go this way. But he turned off because he because he recognized some people over here. And, and and so the race is going on, and and the official who's trying to organize this thing starts blowing a whistle. Come back. But the child wouldn't listen. And there was this one Down syndrome girl. You know, thick glasses, a little bit kind of, you know, not very athletic, but she was in the lead. She was in the lead. She was going to win that dash. But she heard something behind her. She heard that they were calling to her friend. The little boy that had gone off. And so rather than win the race, <coughs> rather than seek her own glory, yeah, I'll win the race, she stopped. And she turned around. And she called to her friend, stop. This is the way. This is the way. And so the little boy kind of looking around, hearing his friend calling him, he stopped. And she went back and got him. Took him by the arm. They came in last. <laughs> Together. Together. You see, you know, a lot of us would think about, well, what's most important here is to, to win, to get the award for ourselves, to be self-serving. And that little girl showed us what Jesus is talking about, denying yourself. Because what was more important was her friend and herself. She gave up something for herself <coughs> for the sake of that friend and that relationship. End of life can be very challenging for some folks. Story of a man whose wife started developing Alzheimer's. Eventually got to the point where he had to put her in a place where he could get more help than he could give. And he made it his practice to see her every day. Every day at noon, he was with his wife. And as the disease progressed, it finally came to a point where she did not recognize him anymore. But every day at noon, he was there. So one day he got involved in an accident and go to the emergency room and get some stitches in his arm. So he's, he's waiting and they finally get him in and they, they look at it, clean it all up and go, you need stitches and they start working on him and he's looking at the clock and he's getting anxious. Why? Getting close to noon. Getting close to noon. And he finally had to say to him, um, I know you're not finished but I have to go. No, you're not finished, but I have to go. Well, where? Well, my wife is in this place, and I go and I see her every day. <coughs> oh. Well, I think this day you're going to be a few minutes late. Because, no, you don't understand. She has Alzheimer's. 
And for all these years that she's been there, I have never missed being there at noon. She doesn't recognize me anymore. And they said to him, well, I guess it's not so bad then. She won't know if you're there or not. And the man said, she doesn't recognize me, but I go because I still recognize her. See, I think Jesus is encouraging us to think about our relationships. Yes, with him. And to think about how we might serve him and be with him and serve the purposes that he has for us. But he's also showing us what's most important, that we take care of each other. And sometimes that means that we must sacrifice something of our own for one of our brothers or sisters. As much as he talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God, and the kingship of God, as much as we recognize that kingdom and that kingship, remember that you can't have kingdom without kingdom. And you can't have kingship without kinship. Jesus calls us to deny ourselves 